0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shine a Light On series. Today, we'll be shining a light on how involvement beats GPA with AJ Team. Welcome, AJ.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Of course. To start, do you mind just giving us a brief introduction to who you are?
1: Absolutely. So... I am, I want to say I'm a virtual grad, unfortunately, because my graduation, as I think yours was as well, was, was cut short due to COVID. We didn't get that in-person graduation and a lot of time for that last semester of senior year was cut short. But I did ultimately graduate from University of Southern California or USC. I was definitely I had a wide array of interests. I was studying business, Spanish, and digital entrepreneurship. And then I was, I would say, I'd classify myself as someone who was hyper involved, just, you know, trying to dip my feet into every organization, every internship, just to really learn as much as I can and try to figure out what I like and don't like. And we'll definitely talk more about what those involvements were throughout the episode, but definitely someone who was more focused on involvement than GPA. And then I also had the chance to intern at five different companies. Uh, one of the biggest ones being the Walt Disney Company on a business leader rotation program. So definitely you know, know the difference between what it's like interning at a startup as well as a large public company and really fortunate to see the differences there. And then currently... I am a strategy and consulting analyst at a large management consulting firm. I'm also a fellow podcaster like yourself, uh, Mariah. I'm the hosting creator of The Final Round where we interview recruiters to help candidates Advance past the final round interview, and then also the founder of Career Coaching Company to help people advance their uh, careers. So definitely a lot on my plate. And I think that's the same mentality I had at USC, where it wasn't just go to class, or for me right now, it's not just a nine to five, but trying to do as much as I can to empower others, stay busy, stay productive, and follow my passions.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for that intro. And for sure, I think if you are someone who signs up for a lot, that's a characteristic that sticks with you for life. So not surprised to hear that you're up to many, many things. And yes, I unfortunately am a fellow class of 2020. um, So I understand. I understand. Alrighty. We're talking a bit about involvement and GPA today, but I want to start with GPA since I think... That's not as fun to talk about all the time. It's something that has haunted most of us for much of our lives. Unfortunately, they start this young. But what even is a GPA and and why do we care about it so much as a society?
1: Well, I think that's a great question. And of course, I think most people know, you know, GPA stands for grade point average. And it's really a metric to compare yourselves to how you rank amongst your peers and classmates at your school. It could be high school, it could be at your university, college, for your institution, whatever it may be. But if you think about GPA on a higher level, it really doesn't mean anything more than how you are as a student. And I do think that it's more book smart than street smart. So I think that you are so trained, and I don't want to say brainwashed, but you're taught to focus solely on your GPA from high school to college, right? You need a good GPA to get into a good school. You also need to have good test scores, SAT, ACT, to get into a good school as well. And then in college, it doesn't stop there because a lot of the most prestigious companies that everyone wants to get into, especially in consulting or banking or finance, also, want to find that you know the the people in that pool of students who have the highest GPA. So I think you know right there that's why people think it's very important. But it really is, and I can say this because I've gone through uh, a plethora of different interview processes, application processes from different industries, different um, companies for internships and jobs. The GPA is really there to essentially decrease the amount of people in that first stage of a funnel. So think of it as like the first, it's like the front door of a house, right? And you don't want to have this mob scene of people come into a party. You have to essentially limit the amount of people and you want to be a little bit more selective. So GPA is something where it doesn't matter what school you go to, right? Usually it's out of a 4.0 and it's easy to see how people rank. But what people don't tell you is that it's not just going through the front door, but there's a back door to get into this party or this house, let's say it's a company, and that's through networking and also just supplementing that GPA if it's not as high as someone else's with something like involvement, right? Being a president of an organization or being a VP or being something more than just a member of of a club or organization. And I think, you know, I've I've had the chance to meet a lot of people, especially from the school that I went to, who solely focused on GPA and that got them into the first round interview. But then when they got asked, you know, tell me about yourself or, you know, how do you resemble these qualities of our mission or how are you a, a leader? How do you take initiative? They couldn't answer it because it was blank. They didn't have anything to say other than just, oh, yeah, I excel mm-hmm. in my classes. So I think that it's not just and I'm not saying I really don't want to preface this. I'm not saying to tank your GPA and that you should be 100 percent involved and zero percent focus on academics, but it definitely should be more focused on involvement.
0: Yes, Thank you for that. I definitely want to circle back a little bit later of how companies use GPA oftentimes on job postings. But first, you just mentioned what, one disclaimer of this episode is we're not suggesting you focus 0% on GPA. That that would be a little bit crazy if you're at any, any sort of educational institution. But another disclaimer I want to mention early on in this episode before we dive in deep in terms of how involvement beats GPA is that sometimes you actually do need to have a good GPA. Usually it's aligned if you want to get into another school. And this is why I think a lot of high school students like focus so much on getting a good GPA to, to get into college. So what would you say are some some cases or example when GPA is actually something maybe you should focus on possibly more than involvement?
1: Absolutely. So I would say that in high school, there are not as many opportunities to get involved as there are in college. So that's why, you know, colleges have less to look at over your life. So that's why GPA is very important. That's why SAT and ACT standardized test scores are very important. And in college... There is a lot more to do, whether it's with real internship experience, or maybe having a part-time job, you know, during a fall semester or even getting involved on campus. But where it does come into play is you really have to understand what you are applying to. So it's very, it's very easy to understand that the most corporate companies, especially management consulting firms as well as banking and finance institutions, they care very much about the GPA, one, because they have the most number of applications coming their way and they have to filter them them out some way. And second is they want often that same type of candidate who is very analytical. And usually analytical is translated from doing well in school, especially those, whether it's a STEM class, anything math related, maybe accounting, things like that, where they can see that that is the type of candidate. That being said, again, it's the front door versus the back door. I've been able to, you know, secure interviews by not having, you know, even not having that target GPA because I was able to network effectively. And I'm not saying that, you know, I just knew someone and they just pulled me into the, the, the back door, but it was that I networked early and I networked effectively and made sure that I was able to articulate my story so that let's say I had a three four and the target GPA was a three five and above, they would overlook that decimal point so that I can get that interview. So I do think that look at what you're applying to. Again, the more corporate roles focus more on GPA. That being said, the tech roles like the Googles, Facebooks of the world, they don't care as much, nor I think they're not even requiring you to graduate college anymore. It's something pretty crazy, as well as the startups, especially the tech startups don't care as much. They care more about experience. So just look mm-hmm. at what you're applying to and make sure you understand what battle you're about to to get into.
0: Yes, definitely agree with everything you just said. I will also add that obviously we've we've alluded to this, like if you are applying to a college, for instance, it's important to have a good GPA. Um, I think more important or it's more noticeable to college admissions folks than maybe to companies. Maybe they care a little bit more. So if you are interested in grad school or becoming a PhD candidate, I think that's another case where perhaps it's important to have that good GPA because you essentially need to prove to them, I, I care about academics. In fact, I want to continue it. So I think that's that's one case. And another case, I I think from my experiences, is if you're applying for some role and you think it's a good idea to refer to a specific course and maybe like a project or something you did in that course, which I know is like experience, which you've already chatted about a bit, AJ, but for instance, if you become like a machine learning engineer, they might not ask for your GPA, but they might want to know how you did in your machine learning course, for instance. So just a few cases where maybe if you really want to learn it and you want to apply it to your job, just do a good job of, of learning the material because if you've like failed that course, for instance, that might come back to haunt you for, for some reason. So something to keep in mind. Anyway, circling back a little bit to job roles and GPA being listed on a job role. I know you mentioned this. I love this metaphor of like the front door versus back door. That makes a lot of sense to me. And you sort of mentioned earlier that perhaps GPA... If I understood you correctly, GPA might be used as almost like a fear tactic to like turn folks away in case they don't meet that. So I'm curious of your thoughts and maybe advice for folks. If I don't meet that GPA requirement, should I even apply or should I just let that job go?
1: So I'm always an advocate of shooting your shot. And again, the worst thing that happens is you either get ghosted by a recruiter or that you just never hear back, which again is not that bad, right? Both of them, you know, you don't even blink an eye because you apply to the next role in the next role. So I'm always an advocate for applying to something that you don't feel 100% qualified for. And I think that in going away from GPA for a second, There are going to be a lot of roles where you look at and maybe you meet eight out of the 10 criteria, but not 10 out of 10. I think a great way to think about it, and this was one of the recruiters from Amazon that we had on our podcast, she said that hiring managers make these job applications almost like a wish list, right? This is the ideal candidate, but in a perfect world, there's no perfect candidate, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that whether you don't meet all of the criteria or you don't meet that target GPA, think about maybe that's a weakness. How can I make something else in my application a strength? And I'll give you a great example. So for the Disney internship that I was a part of a few summers ago, the target GPA was I think around a a 3.5 or 3.6. And I was right on the cusp of making it, but not exactly there during that time. And I understood what the main premise of the internship was and it was for aspiring leaders. And I myself was someone who got as, you know, as involved as anyone could be on campus. I mean, literally, again, dipping my toes in every possible organization you could find. And I knew that my story of being a leader on campus and not just doing it to to boost my resume, but to actually make a difference on campus and to help others and to empower individuals was what made me tick. That was my why, that was my story. And I was able to have you know, people on the company side overlook that decimal point to get me that first run interview. And then from there, they kind of throw the GPA out the window. I mean, it's still a factor, but it's not as important. And now it's how well do you interview? How well is your experience fit into what the role is looking for? And I knew that I was going to knock it out of the park because my leadership beat everyone else I was competing against. So I do think that, you know, going back to the original question, you always should apply whether you think that you meet all the criteria or not. And just think about if that's going to be a weakness, your GPA is a weakness, make sure you can explain, you know, why you weren't able to get it higher. But also if I say, you know, why wasn't this that uh, as high? You can say that maybe I had a bad semester with some family issues or something personal. However, let me explain to you what are some of my strengths. I saw this as a leadership program. Let me explain to you my leadership experience. And that's what I did, and I was very successful with it because you have to see what the program's looking for. And it's not just about a GPA, because a GPA is just a number. They care about your experience and involvement.
0: Yes, thank you so much for that. And while we're chatting about this, we might as well transition to talking about getting involved in college. Before we scare people away, AJ, I do feel like you are the poster child of getting involved in college. So what does it generally mean to get involved maybe for, for the average student? And what did this look like for you?
1: Well, thank you so much for, for saying that. But I, I do think, and I was on another podcast and, and kind of the theme was about reinventing yourself. And it's it's really funny because if you knew who I was in high school, it's not the person that I am today. You know, I, I was very timid in high school. I was very introverted and again, nothing wrong with those things. But the biggest thing is I was afraid to put myself out there. I was afraid of failure and I didn't want to, you know, I, I think I was actually just afraid to try. I think that is something where a lot of people, especially in high school, you know, it's it's like you don't want to look like a try hard. But especially in college and when your career's on the line, you have to try, or else the next person's gonna get that that job or that, you know, uh, president role, whatever it may be. So I think that what involvement looked like for me is I'm actually a transfer student. So I went to community college for a year and then transferred to USC sophomore year. And coming from community to a four-year institution, it was definitely a, a big learning curve. So I wanted to make sure, and I got some advice to get involved. And they said, get as involved as possible. And that first semester, I basically joined, I think 20 organizations, you know, I paid my dues, I went to meetings, but it wasn't anything more than just showing up. Like if I showed up or I didn't show up, no one would have noticed, no one would have cared. I didn't actually have an impact on the organization or the other members. So what I did after that semester is I did some reflecting and I I thought and tried to understand out of all these, let's say 20 organizations, what organizations do I like? what don't i like and could i be more specific right so with the actual organization did i like being in an accounting organization because i liked accounting maybe i didn't like accounting right i was in an entrepreneurship organization maybe i loved entrepreneurship love the people in that organization but also just the leadership styles right obviously it's fellow students but how are they leading right what did i like and what did i not like and i actually dropped my membership in almost every organization to start something on my own the second semester because I saw that there was a, a void in the business school and that there was no Latinx business organization. And, and my mother's actually from Mexico City, so I'm half Hispanic. And I thought it was kind of a, a duty of mine to to give back to the community and help a lot of underrepresented students who were fellow transfers, first generation students, people who just came from backgrounds that were, were not as easy to try to figure it out. And I definitely took time to, to figure it out, made a ton of mistakes, but I was able to, to find my way. So the LBSA was the organization that I relaunched and I was president of for a year. And it was something almost like a full-time job working you know 30 hours a week grinding it out to make it as successful as possible for our members. I was also a consultant on the Marshall Case Team where we traveled and competed against other business schools for case competitions. I hosted something called Tamid Tank, which is like Shark Tank for student entrepreneurs. And that was on the professional side. On the social side, again, being a transfer, it's hard to make friends. So I joined a, a social organization as well as an international organization. So you know, this is five of my main involvements. And as you can imagine, it was a crazy schedule. But I think the biggest takeaway from this is that I was actually awarded something called the most outstanding president award out of every single student in the Marshall School of Business. And I'm not saying this to to sound arrogant by any means, but I want everyone listening to think about that and that it wasn't the most outstanding, you know, academic student, but it was the most outstanding president. And they didn't look at your GPA. They looked at your involvement and your impact. And this was something that I talked about in interviews, right? Not about my GPA, but about all this involvement and these accolades and these awards and and how our impact is having a, a positive reflection on our members. And that's what got me to the next rounds And that's what got me offers versus the GPA. So hopefully that wasn't too long-winded of an answer, but I was hyper-involved and I, I loved every minute of, of being involved on campus.
0: Yes. No, I, I appreciate the whole backstory. I think it's important to realize. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about your sort of process and in filtering down and pivoting and deciding to just start your own section and restart the club. It's LBSA, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. So the LBSA, Latino Business Student Association, and I think it's a great question and I think a lot of people fall into the trap in that they think that they have to be a president or they have to relaunch or start something and that's not the case. A lot of people get offers and get interviews who are involved but not the number one in the company, right? You don't have to be that CEO. You can be a a director or a manager or VP, but you don't have to be that number one. And, you know, I think that's super important because at least when I looked at myself and what makes me tick, I wanted to be the person who essentially, you know, took that last shot during the buzzer beater. But I was okay with if we won, it was amazing. But if we lost, it was all on me. Right. And it's also much more time, much more effort and a lot of stress. And it's, it's definitely tough. So I think that You have to look at yourself and and who you want to be and think about yourself in a few years. Do you want to either be your own boss or do you want to rise in the rankings and be a CEO or a director? Or, and again, this is totally fine if you don't want to, or do you want to still be you know, in the company, but not that number one or two spot? So that's the first thing that I would try to figure out is what type of person are you and maybe what type of person do you want to be is the first thing. And then the second thing with these organizations, don't fall into the trap of just being involved in the most common and prestigious organizations. A lot of student orgs will treat themselves like a company that's very prestigious. So... They'll have everyone say, all right, you know, send out sending your applications. We only take two people per semester. So our acceptance rate is 3%. And it's as, you know, competitive as a Goldman Sachs or a McKinsey, let's say, or a Google, and people want to get into these organizations and then they get crushed when they don't get in, and then they don't really apply to anything else. And I applied to a ton of those organizations and I got rejected as well, whether it was the first round, second round, but it doesn't matter because There are literally hundreds, if not thousands of clubs and organizations. And the biggest takeaway for me was that I understood that you have to craft your own story. So maybe it's not the sexiest or the most prestigious club on campus. Maybe a recruiter's never even heard of it, right? But if it's something that fits your story and your narrative, then you will be unique and diversified versus someone who is pursuing investment banking and is in that investment banking club on campus. So really look for those organizations that you're not just doing it for your resume, but that you're passionate about, that you wanna grow with the organization you can use it to be part of your story, to get that interview and get that job.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely agree with you. And I think you know you're passionate about it when it feels like a full-time job and you accept that and you're okay with it. And I felt this way for sure with the Society of Women Engineers. So I understand completely where you're coming from with that. I am curious. I know you mentioned you signed up for 30 plus clubs when you first entered college, which I think is important. I think people should do that and, and try Try as many things, a little bit of trial and error, but you still ended up with five, which is a lot, especially if you were you're very involved with all of them. So I'm curious what kept you motivated to continue to be so so involved and dip your toes in, in so many different waters.
1: I think the biggest thing, again, is, is finding your why. And I, I think that early on, it's it's very hard to figure that out. But if you actually do some self-reflection, you can figure it out. So going over my life, and I actually just kind of realized this recently, at USC, You know, being a president of an organization that helped underrepresented students break into the business world with competitive offers, that was focused on empowerment right? Then with the career coaching company and founding that during the, the you know, the peak of COVID where everyone was losing their jobs, I was focused on empowering people through career development. And then with the podcast, the final round, I want to empower people to get past the final round interview. So I think the empowerment and again, none of these things are really focused on, you know, the general mem, like on just the membership numbers and the metrics, but it's, it's the biggest metric is how many people get offers, through internships and jobs. And that's what makes me, you know, keep going. And when I get text messages or emails or phone calls or in-person chats, when people say, if it wasn't for you and your team introducing me to this new concept or reviewing my LinkedIn or resume, whatever it is, I wouldn't have been able to get this offer, which will, you know, change my career trajectory for the next 30, 40 years. So that was my why. And I kind of figured that out early on. And I'm still developing that as, as I go through my life, but for everyone else out there, try to figure out what is it that you're really passionate about? Because you know, recruiters, hiring managers, anyone you speak with, they can smell if it's, if it's BS or not, as in you're just joining these organizations just to join them. You have to be passionate about it. You have to be able to explain it as part of your story. And I think that is the biggest thing. Um, so whether you're in one organization and you rise to the top, or you're in 10 organizations, make sure you think about what fits into your story, what fits into your why, and be authentic.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, such great advice. I think that fits into being involved on campus or really anything in life. Like, does this thing that you're spending a portion of your 24 hours today on, does it align with your mission statement and your, your personal values? So I love that. I love connecting it back to your why. And to connect this whole concept of getting involved back to, to GPA and why we think maybe a beach GPA in a lot of cases. Did you ever notice or or care that your GPA maybe you sort of had to sacrifice the time spent on academics in order to to stay involved? What did you do? Like, how did you react?
1: So it was actually a, a pretty fascinating story. At least I, I think so. In that. I I'm someone who tries extremely hard. I, I truly believe that anything in life worth doing is worth overdoing, um, and that's actually a quote from from a, a one of my favorite movies, Lone Survivor. Um, so shout out to to Lone Survivor. But I do think that you have to try hard in what you're doing. If not, you're just wasting everyone's time, even your own. And I'm not saying that I didn't I didn't give it my all in school. I definitely spent, and I would say I probably spent more time in the library than probably any student in any of my classes. That being said, the school that I was at, I was in the Marshall School of Business. It was based on a curve and it's called the Marshall Curve. And basically the average of every student, that is a B. So you have to do, it's not about getting an A and not worrying about everyone else. You have to do better than where everyone else is at. And for me, it was just really challenging. I worked my butt off, but I just couldn't get over that hump to get those A's. So I did some, again, self-reflection. And I realized that, if I spend a little less time in the library trying to get that A, and maybe my GPA drops a few decimal points, still above a 3.0, but instead of trying to get that 3.5, 3.6, now it's like a 3.3, 3.4, 3, or maybe 3.2, whatever it was, I can beat them in an area that they're not looking at. And that's where the involvement kicked in. So I don't think it was necessarily, you know, if I tried harder in school, I could have done better. It was more so that I saw that my strengths were in the leadership, were in... Taking initiative, getting involved. And the funniest thing is that I had a lot of professors who basically told me and said, I don't get it. I don't get how you're not getting A's in this class. You sit in the front row, you're participating, you go to office hours, you know, your group projects do well. But on exams, I just couldn't. And again, it wasn't horrible. It was on, you know, a B, but it wasn't, I couldn't get over the hump to that A to really be competitive. And we always joked about it. But a lot of times recruiters would come into our classes, let's say for an accounting class, the accounting, the the big four accounting firms bringing recruiters. And the professor would always recommend me to speak to these recruiters. And again, it wasn't because of my GPA, but because I was president of this organization and I actually already knew them before because they were sponsoring our organization. And it was just the involvement was what professors cared about, not just the GPA. So I do think that if you're someone who, school comes easy to you, you're an academic person, you killed it on your SAT, your ACT, you can walk in cold turkey to a final exam and just absolutely kill it, then stick with that, right? Put some time into that because not everyone has that, that gift. But if you are someone, maybe like myself, who tries really hard, but it's you're not getting that return, spend a little less time focusing on your GPA and then focus and supplement it for something else like involvement. And it really does pay dividends in the future because as much as you don't want to think it's competitive, it is very competitive. And there are only so many spots for these great opportunities for internships and jobs.
0: Yes. Thank you for all that. All great advice. I also think that you mentioned a nugget in there, a perk of being involved, especially depending on the club, is that you might be friends with recruiters because you work with them often. I think that's just something else important to note and something I experienced as well. So last question for you, AJ. Do you have any last words of wisdom for students who either have a love-hate relationship with their GPA or maybe they're just in the middle of this balancing act between getting involved and having a good GPA?
1: I think the biggest piece of advice that I can give you know, all of the audience members listening is no one can give you that answer of whether you should focus solely on your gpa or you should focus solely on involvement or have a of of a mix that's up to you and the best way to figure that out is to go through your resume and if you think about a resume it starts with the gpa then the school or institution then the work experience and then the involvement right just going down a resume and grade yourself on all of those parts those four parts of your resume and again if i'm going through mine. GPA. It was nothing horrible, but it wasn't anything you know, great or jumping off the page. I would say it was average. School. I went to a great school. I was fortunate enough to go to a good school, but oftentimes you can't change that. So that was, I would say, good. My work experience, I was able to get into great internships and jobs through my involvement. And then my involvement part, I would say is something that jumped off the page, right? Being a president, being a consultant in this case team, you know, being someone who essentially planned this entire event that was like the shark tank for you know USC students. So go through your own application and assess yourself. Do an audit of your profile of your application and see where are your strengths, where are your weaknesses, and then double down on your strengths and still try to improve on your weaknesses. So it's not, you know, one or the other, but it's it's a mix. But I would say involvement really goes a long way. And also when you end up graduating, you still use a lot of your application. And I even To this day, even after graduating about a year ago, my involvement still come up in conversation at the company that I'm at in management consulting to get really interesting projects to talk about the leadership. So it really goes a long way. And I can guarantee you that they don't talk about your GPA anymore. So, again, I think that assess your own application and remember that in an interview, you know, a recruiter, a hiring manager, they're not going to ask you about your GPA in an interview they're going to say, tell me about yourself. And they want to hear your story, your authentic story with your why. And that's where you know that involvement trumps your GPA.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again for joining us, AJ. It was great chatting with you.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Of course. And to anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us as well. At Always at Opal, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.